harm you and you can still eat or you can still drink it if you want. But if you don't bring it back to us and we'll refund you. So. Hmm. I've been to Great Lakes. It's a good spot. Yeah. Just, I know you like town hall down there too, but I, I would suggest next time you're there, don't go back. Owner's yeah. A, owner's a bit of a douche canoe. I won't go back. Yeah. Don't worry. But Great Lakes, awesome. Nano Brew, awesome. Market Garden, awesome. Are these all Cleveland brews? Yeah. yeah. I went to Great Lakes when I was in Cleveland. Places that I could have gone with you if you came to visit, but instead uh, you never did. So. <laughs> Ethan did, though. And we went I to did. a lovely place. Ethan and I have been to Cleveland twice. That's true. We have. We didn't go to Great Lakes, though, did we? No, we didn't. I mean, not, that, not that we need to. I mean, Edmund Fitzgerald was good, but... It's a nice pub, but, I mean, yeah. there's better places. Fatheads yeah. is way better. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fatheads was fun. I think I was just able to walk to Great Lakes from where I was. Yeah. So I was just like, this is easy. They're continuing to build down there, too. They just built the world's largest um, timber, engineered timber building down there. So it's like a 15-story building, and it's it's not concrete. It's engineered timber. So it's like layers of wood pressed together. Oh. It's super strong, and actually it's kind of fire retardant, too. It's It looks freaking amazing. Gonna have to check that out. No, I want to live there, but it's probably like, yeah, probably only doctors live there. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, anywho, <laughs> welcome, Ethan. Thank you. I'm excited. We have some Hall of Fame chat uh, to, to do today. Chatting. chatting. Uh, yeah, nothing else happened in the world of sports this past week. Just the Hall of Fame. You're, Let's talk you're gonna wrap on. You're gonna wrap up on that stuff because I'm, I'm not sitting here for the baseball chat. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of it, I'll do. Uh, How do you guess, by the way, Ethan? That is yeah, I, I, I figured when she was sitting here that that was the case. I I really want Heidi to come on sometime though, and we'll tell her. Yeah, don't worry. You're on next. You're our first segment. But then we don't. We just we we totally lie and we just talk baseball for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and she just sits. No, she wouldn't sit there. She'd get up and leave at some point. I right? would She'd totally get, leave. Yeah, she would just walk out. I know. I listen to it. Work on, the, on you. Yeah, I listen to it on the podcast, kind of. Um, <laughs> I would just like, fast forward through it if if I was you. Yeah, it's just hard. Usually, I'm listening during a workout, so I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> when you're talking about baseball, you don't want to hear about OBS plus. The rest I'm entertained. It's just I don't know much about baseball and you're really passionate about it this yeah, is true well, i'm about i'm about to get passionate later because this hall yeah. of fame stuff is buckle up for your workout tomorrow is what he's saying yeah exactly that's right i guess so <laughs> um matt you and i i think had the same dinner tonight yes i think we did uh-huh i mean i'm not having that right now but uh is it chicken broccoli rice looks like some tortellini Oh, pasta. Tortellini. Yeah. We can have some pasta talk for the third straight week. I love it. Tortellini. Yes. <laughs> now, now with with homemade sauce, of course. Oh, nice. Of course, I made it. Mama root recipe, but I made it. It's delicious. Yummy. Ooh, look at that! Look at that cheese. Are they just mm. cheese tortellinis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll set this aside now. I can't multitask. So, um, what are we uh, what are we talking about with Toddy? Toddy, what are you talking about on the on the show? I'm going to talk about fitness. All is right. this going to go on the show, what I've already said? This is, we're recording. Yeah, we're recording. This is live. This is yeah, all I, live. I'm just, I'm just late. So whatever happened before was still on there. I'm just late. Nothing. We recorded when you, when you got on. Yeah. Yeah. As oh, you, you joined. Oh, I thought you guys were already going. All right. No. Well, I'm going to first start off 
with the beer segment. I want to know what everyone's drinking. I'll start. I'm drinking a raspberry jalapeno stout from, uh, hold it up to the camera. I will hold it up to the camera. It's from ass clown here in North Carolina. That's one of your favorites, right? Um, no, I, not the I, ass clown, the brew. Ass don't, you, one yeah. don't you like a jalapeno beer down there? I do. It's mm. a jalapeno, jalapeno pale ale from um, Birdsong. Bird ah, that's it. I knew there was one down there that had jalapenos in it that you really liked. Yeah. This is really good. Too. That was like the first Charlotte beer we ever had. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's extra special. That's right. Somewhere down there, next time we come visit, we'll have to head to Raleigh for one day because there's a beer garden in Raleigh with like 350 taps or we something. Guess ridiculous. what? Yeah, we have a bigger version of it. That used to be the biggest beer garden, and then now the Charlotte one's a larger version of it. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. got to get a screenshot of Matt doing that, too. We got to <laughs> use that for some of our promotional material. Yeah, I'll find it. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh, yeah, man. The, uh, and, and the Raleigh beer garden was a lot of fun. Um, she was she was pregnant, so she wasn't drinking when Ooh. we went. I had a mocktail but, when we went. Yeah. You know, you know what else is also down in Charlotte that I just found out? There's a 16-bit barcade down there too. So, mm. highly recommend that. It's a they started it in Cleveland. Um, it's just a barcade, but you don't have to pay as long as you got a drink in your hand. Everything's free. Oh, cool! So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and they'll nice. do specialty really cool. drinks and specialty like. Oh, it's just a lot of fun. Like, let's go and play everything from Chuck E. Cheese when we were three years old. Yeah. Oh, we and like the really barcade. hard Ninja Turtles game. You just hit the button over and over again and give yourself like a million continues and you beat it. Sorry. <laughs> That's the only way that. you can beat it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was made to eat your quarters. It's yeah. made to make money. So you like, it's made to, so you barely get past the first level. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We, we played it. Uh, when my brother got married, there was a barcade right across the street from the hotel in downtown Scranton. And uh, we had to pay for the games. It was all the quarter games, like the Simpsons uh, video arcade game. There was, Super Street Fighters, Ski Ball, you know, everything that you were just saying at Chuck, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. It was all there. Uh, uh, so you got, uh, I'm looking at your, your can. You've got the Voodoo Unrefined. Yep. How is it holding up? Uh, I think it tastes fine. Okay. I, I was, it was, it tasted really melony when I, fr- when I first got it. So what's it supposed to taste like? Uh, it's an experimental beer. So the Unrefined, if you look at the bottom, it'll tell you like, like the bottom of the can. Oh, the bottom, bottom. What what about what what's about it? it what's it say? The born date. Does it say like number seventeen on there or number eighteen or? Uh, it's kind of no. hard to read. No. Ah uh, crap. Well, there it's a series. So like every single time they release the beer, it's a new blend of hops. It's the way mm-hmm. they try and like test things out. I like it. It's good. Ethan, you got anything? Um, just water tonight because. I don't have any beer. All I have is wine, but I'm leaving the country on Thursday for nine days, and I don't feel like opening up a new bottle of wine, and I just don't have any beer on me. So just just water tonight. We're going to have to unpack that at a later date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was out. I, I mean, you're mo- ruining my plans. I have, like, beer in the fridge for you right now. So I'm going to try and give it to you this weekend. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, it was a little impromptu. Uh, yeah. You know, you ha- sometimes you have to be flexible in life. You, you know, if you're planning on taking a trip – Later, and then some shit comes up, and you got to do it sooner. Well, wait, wait, but you weren't planning on taking a trip at all, right? Oh, no, I was. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, okay. I, you were planning on taking the trip later. Yeah. It just okay. originally was going to be a month month or so later than this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought it was like, 
Oh, I've got to take it now. You should come with me. Oh, crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, not that crazy. No, no, no. We were planning on going regardless. It just the the departure date moved up significantly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can't kill a bottle of wine between tonight and when you leave the country. Oh, I mean, I certainly could, but I like to I like to savor it and enjoy it. And I don't know if I want to do You're that. Classy. I teach the trumpet. I'm super fucking classy. <laughs> You know, yeah, and I'm. Everybody knows that I'm an enophile. I can tell you about how red wine tastes like red wine, and white wine tastes like white wine, and I think, that's uh, the extent of it. I think that we should have an episode of the Todd, the podcast, the podcast where we all just no, have a bottle of wine. Yeah, anytime Toddy's on it, it'll be the Toddcast yeah, the, or the Toddycast, and, and we all have a bottle of wine and over the course of the podcast. We all drink it over there. Like, that would be actually really fun. Yeah, that would get rowdy by the end. Yeah, but. Come on, that's only like four drinks, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm drinking a 15% stout right now. Yeah. Yeah, so tell, yeah, tell us about it. Bourbon barrel-aged blueberry pancakes. Bourbon oh. barrel-aged imperial stout with blueberry, maple, and pancakes added. Oh, wow. And, and how much of that are you tasting? What are you actually getting? In I'm getting all three. You I'm are? getting a little bit of breadiness in the pancakes. Definitely a lot of maple and then a hint of blueberry at the end. Nice. Okay. And that's that one was thing I, that wasn't thing, still like last week? What? That wasn't no, it's not beer. still. No, this is this has got a little bit of a, a little bit of a head to it. So, well, this is from other half, right? They don't, yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't have uh, those fucking uh, amateur mistakes. Yeah, they don't fuck around. Um, yeah. The only thing I don't taste is the bourbon, actually, which is kind of crazy. Oh, interesting. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, can I nice. can I lead into? Uh, you wanted to talk about the NFL playoffs. Well, so. I wanted to talk about craft cocktails while we were talking about beer before we go into the NFL well, playoffs. So, I mean, that's probably the, the, a space where Toddy knows way more than we do. So, yes, I'd like to hear just, that. Just a little quick thing, because over, um, over like, COVID, I'd, my quarantine hobby became making um, making craft cocktails. So oh, yeah. every Thursday I've been making them for Colin and Tim. Not every Thursday. Sometimes I, I take the night off. But... Um, like if I was given the choice between if I went somewhere that had craft beers, craft cocktails, nice wine, I like all of those things, but craft cocktails would be what I would go for. So I've loved being able to make them. Um, and I wanted to see what your craft cocktail of choice would be if nothing else was available. No oh, I love this. Ooh. Cause I'm a, um, I'm a big cocktail fan. I haven't tried that many, but I have had a number and I, I love cocktails. So I love this. Matthew, you going first? Yeah. So I've only had it in a bar once, but they did it perfectly. Every time I try and make it myself, I screw it up. But it's um, it's called an uh, Jack Rose, and it's it's my my literary nut job friends. They're both philosophy majors. Founded it. It's in a Hemingway book. Apparently, and Hemingway loved to drink it. So anyway, thank you, Gabe and Ben, um, for introducing it to, to me. It's uh, Apple Jack, which is apple brandy. Um, lemon or lime juice and grenadine um, shaken up and done done the way I make it it always tastes like freaking cough syrup <laughs> but <laughs> but when I had it at the bar like it tasted like cherry apples and it was delicious and fantastic um, and then close second is uh, if I don't know because a lot of times I don't know I'll just like look through the list and be like oh that sounds fun um uh, a, a good Manhattan. Like if I if I if I can't figure out what else is on there, or if I don't see anything I want to try, just give me a Manhattan with something fancy in it. You know, some crazy bitters or um, you know some crazy 
bourbon or rye. Yeah. I like that. I'm like, there's nothing worse to me than when I go someplace expecting to get a nice cocktail. And then all of the like cocktails they have on their cocktail menu are like filled with soda or just something like, like you could order at any bar. It's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something artisanal, like handcrafted, mm. very nice. Mm-hmm. Needs to have a square ice cube or something. <laughs> well, so oh, yeah, it, got it. A lot of places that do it right. It's, it's like almost like a show. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. The first place I really like figured out that craft cocktail, there's a place in Cleveland in the Tremont neighborhood called the Spotted Owl. And it's this tiny little bar. The sign's like this big. It's a great place to take someone on a date. You go to their website. Oh, they changed their website. Oh, no. They used to have like five rules on their yeah. website. It was oh, like, no. um, <laughs> like women only, in, like women in, uh, initiate all conversations. Um, like you can't use your phone to settle an argument. Um, politics and religion are encouraged. No kissing and no fighting or something like that. Where like there are five <laughs> rules. But like you walk in and behind the bar, they've just got this like two foot by two foot by one foot thick chunk of ice. And like you order a cocktail and they walk over to like hack a piece off and then start carving it up in the middle of the air. And it, it was, I mean, it was nuts, but it was awesome. And it was worth like the 12 bucks I paid for it. I mean, you know, now they've got like hardcore Mike Negroni Splagiato which I don't know what that means, but there's a bunch of words on there and like, just like all this stuff, hot buttered rum with all this fancy stuff in it, like an egg flip. I don't know what an egg flip is, but it's got scotch cream and a quail egg in it. And that sounds fucking amazing. A so, quail egg? Yeah. Wow. So anyway, sorry, I went off on a little tangent there. I want to go to the Spotted Owl. How Everyone in Cleveland, you? go to the Spotted Owl. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's yeah, your spotted drink, owl sounds awesome. Um, so this is a hard one. I have several that I really love. Um, He's the artist, everyone. Yes, that's right. Very, very, very artistic, very classy. Um, hilarious no, I genius. Haven't, hilarious genius. I haven't actually had that many cocktails because I kind of know what I like and I usually get something, you know, just based on these. But I'm with Matt in terms of like a good Manhattan or a good old fashioned. Like, I don't know how many people in our generation have those drinks on the reg, um, but like it's hard to beat those or any any really good like bourbon or whiskey based cocktail that has maybe just a touch of something sweet um that's like balanced right you don't you don't want it to be too sweet because then you know that's just not so good and you can't you're not really appreciating like the actual bourbon or whiskey but it's hard to beat those i really really love um a super dirty vodka martini so like vodka knew it. I yeah knew it. like really you knew it how did you I knew you were gonna it? say martini oh <laughs> uh, okay but listen so a super dirty vodka martini is fucking delicious you get the super cold vodka which is just nice and refreshing throw in some actual like olive brine like put in the actual juice and the actual olives themselves and then maybe you you might do um i think they do a little bit of bitters i'm trying to remember is it a little bit of bitters there's something i think um at the end but regardless the super cold vodka the olive juice and the olives themselves you get like that that briny like kind of salty flavor it's like super cold delicious love it and then of course we have to mention that sometimes like on a weekend and if you're going to brunch or you're just breakfast or whatever you can't beat a top-notch Bloody Mary, okay? I'm talking a Bloody Mary that has, like, some good fucking hot sauce, a hefty, like, a hefty amount of horseradish, okay, is is crucial, some nice garnishes, get some good zing in that, some nice salty tomato juice, mm. I've never so had you one. You've never had one? You've never had one, I ever? I like tomato juice. Oh, boy. Ugh. Have We're you ever watched Letterkenny? 
No, I haven't, but I, I fucking love Letter Kenny. Oh, they guys. call it a Caesar. A Bloody Mary is a yes. Caesar in Canada. Well, they and they the use Caesar like clam juice or something yeah. or clamato or something. Yeah. I, that episode was hilarious. Yeah. We just watched that pretty recently. <laughs> yeah. So now I've been calling oh. it a Caesar whenever we talk about a Bloody Mary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that show is so fucking good. Matt, you got to watch it. Yeah. But what's it about? Subtitles on, though. It's just what's skits. it about? Oh, okay. I mean, the last Canadian show I was told I had to watch was Shit's Creek, and that was fantastic. So, oh, I, I thought you were going to say something bad about it, and I, was I like, know, oh, so no, did no. I. No, how, how do you <laughs> yeah. say anything bad about that? Like, he didn't watch it. I can I, see people. Like, I don't. I don't the say worst, anything. Bad the worst about I can it. say is like sometimes it was so awkward that I had to turn it off. Like, I'm uncomfortable watching this, <laughs> <laughs> but it was so uh, well done. Hilarious. That's oh, it's an incredible show. Yeah, and Letterkenny is hilarious and extremely clever dialogue. Matt, you would appreciate, like, the dialogue. The script writing is just so good. Really, really fast-talking, clever plays on words. They'll do, like, rhymes and, like, almost, like, poetry-type shit in in certain episodes. Like, it's it's really awesome. It's hilarious. You have to – well, we have to put the subs on because they talk so fast in the Canadian accent that I can't keep up with what they're saying. And then when I read it, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and actually, so here's something, Colin and Toddy, for you guys. I'm curious what you'll think, and then we'll move on from this since Matt hasn't watched it. But I'm curious. Jeremy's the one who introduced me to this show, and he was really shocked. I told him, my favorite characters are Riley and Jonesy. I love Riley yeah, and Yeah, and Jeremy was shocked that they're my favorites, but they're so fucking hilarious. They're just good-hearted, like, dummies, but they're so funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're they're the best. Yeah. Yeah. I like, all, uh, like all the abbreviations uh, for every word. Yeah, sir. I like McMurray. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Matt, you have to watch. And then we're going to have just like a whole Letterkenny appreciation yep. segment. Uh, it's just so good. The characters are like, they're, they're going so on distinctive. Is that right? They're yep. going to DC. Oh, shit. I'm going to have to try to go. That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> they were starting it right before COVID. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they were supposed to be in Raleigh in February. And now they're going to be in Raleigh when we're supposed to be going to Mexico for our reschedule. So. <laughs> Um, hmm. we rescheduled for the same time, <laughs> yeah. But now what about you your cocktails, your guys? Cocktail. Yeah, uh, okay, my, I'll, I'll make mine quick. Mine is a sugar free margarita made by Diego at the Excellence Resort <laughs> in Cancun because then you can drink as many as you want and not be hung over the next day because of the sugar. Wow, that's I like that answer, very specific, very, very certain. I like it. What about everything I make? Nice. You're not. Don't D- answer you're that. Not Diego. I know. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a big fail there. You've got. <laughs> you're not, he's like you're a not wife Diego. who's been making you craft cocktails for over well, a year. He needs to get me some more gear to make craft cocktails. So my birthday's coming up in yeah, April. I, I need a cocktail book. I don't get her any. I need a cocktail smoker. Nothing. I need some of these Ooh. fancy ice machines because I don't have a smoker, and I really want to make my my drink is smoked margaritas. And if they don't have that, mm. it'll be um. If it's like if it's got clear tequila in it and it's spicy, that's what I want. Or smoked or spicy mm. or something like that. I, I that sounds awesome. I have a problem. I still can't really do tequila, but um, I had a a mezcal drink with mezcal uh, with the Landrys. Shout out to the Landrys. Last time I was home, mm. and uh, didn't think I was going to like it. It was great. Like I don't know. You add that smokiness in there, and I can't remember yeah. what the mixture that they had was. It was some ginger thing, I think. It it was great. It was awesome. Mezcal's good too. They tried to get me to eat the worm in Mexico, and I wouldn't do it. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> and that reminds me, real quick, since we have toddy on the episode, we should give an honorable mention to the hot toddy, which is on like a cold winter night, a wonderful drink. 
It's bourbon really and what? I don't know. I don't know what extra goes in the hot tub. Um, bourbon, tea, honey, and lemon usually. Oh, um, you can yeah. add like other stuff to it, but that, it's that so good. soothing and delicious. Oh yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, love that. Yeah, because I'm going to leave my fitness talk for another day. So you can talk about you the are? fitness. Okay. You'll just have to ask me back on to talk about my passion of fitness. <laughs> yes, well, please come well, back well, on and talk fitness. Man, I had a great lead into it. I was like, man, Toddy, like when you don't mute me, don't mute me. Come on, don't do He's, that. You better not mute him. I'm not muting him. Why do you think was, Colin wouldn't mute you? What are you talking about? Oh, I thought I was being muted. Maybe I just, um, uh, anyway. I was like, Aaron, with, slander for, for with all these great cocktails you're making, you probably just have to cut back on everything else you're eating, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good lead. That was that my lead. So, uh, TBD, TB, <laughs> to be continued for future. Toddy will Because I have, I have a better lead into what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. And uh, I just want to say, you know, this is a tough time in the world. Like COVID's happening. Trump was president. There's there's just a lot of really bad things. But I am so grateful to live in a world where Eli Manning has two Super Bowl victories, two Super Bowl MVPs, and Aaron Rodgers only has one. I am grateful for that also. Yes. Absolutely. He vitalized in your career One. 500 quarterback. It's okay. One. <laughs> wow. Things mm. are getting heated. That's right. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about this because I don't get into sports that much. Um, like oh, I, I root, yeah, right. Wait, wait for it. I root for the Giants because of Colin, but like, I don't really care if the Giants win or lose. I root for the Panthers because they're in Charlotte. Again, don't really care if they win or lose, but like, I'll have fun with it but I really dislike the Bills and I really <laughs> love Patrick Mahomes because he's my fantasy quarterback. So when Kansas City won the other night, I was so excited. It was what? It was after 10 p.m. Yeah, we, were, I, we were laying in bed watching it. And it I leaped out of bed, like screaming and dancing at a time when I would usually be asleep, if I'm being honest. Can you, can you push this chair away? Wine, wine rack excited. No, I don't think I could do the dance. <laughs> she, she, was like, she was like spinning her arm. And I was doing so, this. Because Bill's fans, I, I mean, my like entire Instagram feed is just littered with Bill's fans because being from upstate New York, it's a, a bunch of people are Bill's fans. And a lot oh, of yeah. people that I don't want to, I don't want to see their team win. So um, they just are posting incessantly like bills, bills, bills. And then the bills lost. So that was huge. And then I just love watching Patrick Mahomes play. So it was extra huge for me. And that was probably the most hype I've been for a game ever. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was phenomenal football. Like that too. And I I fell asleep during the the afternoon game, the the Bucks Rams game. I fell asleep, but I guess that was an awesome game too. But yeah. There was an, um, there were, both games had like insane four minute stretches that were like four minute yeah. game stretches, not four minutes in real time. Um, but yeah, both games had some insane things. And then like, you know, even the, the day before that, those games were good. I know obviously Matt didn't end yeah. the way that you wanted to, but they were good games and just a, an awesome weekend for the NFL. That's for sure. Watching yeah. Brady come back was huge. I know people like don't like him, but he is the goat. So I also respect watching him play and watching him come back like that yeah. so quick was insane. But I mean, Matthew Stafford, baby, <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally won a won a game that mattered. Now put him on I, a good team and let him thrive. Can't fucking win in Detroit. He had weapons in Detroit. He just had the Packers in the division too. So. Oh, stop it. Um, no, my my friend, a good friend, Matt in Cleveland 
made a comment during that two minute stretch for the the Bills Chiefs game. Like, I think this must must be what it feels like to be on cocaine. Like, oh, yeah. it's like we were so keyed up and scree Like, oh, it was. I mean, four scores in two minutes. It was nuts. That was such a such a fun game to watch, even though it wasn't the outcome I wanted. But, yep. I think Mahomes Sweet. has never had to play a game on the road in the playoffs. Isn't well, that nuts? Yeah. How long has he been in the league now? It's only a couple of years. This is his fourth right? year, I think. Four, four years, years, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I think they've won their division every year, so. Yeah, so it usually always has to go through Arrowhead. Um, yeah. <clears throat> wow. But, yeah, uh, man, the league's worst special team unit blew it for the Packers. And also, just I'm, I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. He'll, he'll be back next year. The Packers will bring him back, but. Uh, after his done. comments on Friday, I'm done. I'm what, done were, what were his comments? Tell me about this. I didn't. I didn't hear any of this. Oh, he was. He went on some interview talking about. Uh, he had. He he took exception to uh, the president's characterization of COVID now as a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And um, what a fucking idiot! Yeah, I mean, which the, the data backs it up, but we won't get into that. But anyway, he made some offhanded comments about apparently 81 million people voted for Biden and like. Everyone on the right now is like jumping all over, like Aaron Rodgers is our new hero. Uh huh. Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan run in twenty twenty four. Yeah, there you go. Go for it. What did Joe Rogan do to get so famous? By the way, like remember he he hosted the show where people ate bugs. I know it's very weird. I've never understood it. What did he do? Like, and uh, I I saw today that Neil Young is demanding that Spotify take his music off until they ban Joe Rogan. Or because of, no, because of vaccine of misinformation. I don't, I don't even think it's get rid of the episode. I think it's a like they need to preface that it has misinformation or something. Well, apparently I mean, they already have rules from what I know. And and they've taken like twenty thousand different episodes off of Spotify, but they won't like, take that big they won't one. take yeah. that episode. But he's oh, he's also their their biggest contract ever. So Yeah. Yeah, you know, but like what has he done? Like he, he goes to UFC fights and goes, Oh, like I mean, what does he do? Like, I, I, and when they and when was it last winter when uh, uh, Texas had those like real cold uh, spells come through and they mm-hmm. had the snow and everything, and he has that like big arena or whatever. And guess who didn't let anybody in there? Joe Rogan. Really? What a dipshit! Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but Joel Austin did that too. So I mean, he's been pretty. Well, that's I mean, so. that's not that's no surprise. All of those all, all those mega church pastors are are the fucking hypocrites of the earth. Yeah. Anyway, back to anyway. Toddy on the show. <laughs> yeah, Toddy, so good to finally have you on the show. Well, well, we got through um, we got through the playoffs a little faster than I than I thought, so I can talk a little bit about fitness if we're ready for it. Well, well, wait, I, I want to ask you a couple other things about cocktails first. Like, we, we could do that. What's the craziest thing you made, and what's the best thing you made this past year? <gasps> like, did, did you get thing? something that had like this has like you know ink and spit corn liquor in it or something no. i don't know like did you have something no. crazy you made or you did just throw your ig feed? yeah i do but everything that i made we had to like i had to work with ingredients that were close by so well, it's and, a, it was a pandemic okay yeah. also also not only does she have more than enough stuff already but we have a liquor shortage in north carolina do we so. still because they were full of tequila when i went the other day well, either we have a liquor shortage or we have a shortage of when you can get to the liquor store because, mm-hmm. like, now we're back to pre or not pre, uh, like, uh, 
like early original pandemic times yeah where it's only open like six hours a day it's never open on sundays because it's owned by the government down here everything it is a pain liquor down here is alcohol beverage control they're called abc stores oh Um, we got those in virginia too yeah so all government run yeah yeah i will say the ones i went to on uh in the outer banks a couple years ago sucked yeah but it's not great in pennsylvania it's it's also government run, but it's fine wines and good spirits. Yeah. <laughs> and that sucks too. So oh we, um, I just have to interject really quickly to say that we are producing some highly memeable content tonight. <laughs> so I think we're going to have to go viral. So between Matt's facial expressions and his random exclamations and voices, and then just now when Colin was talking about uh, all patronizingly about how Toddy has enough stuff already, the eye roll that Toddy did in the background <laughs> was fucking flawless remember so, uh, the podcast episode a couple weeks ago where i think the first one when we came back from break and you said that you wanted uh science to come up with like a way for to to make a sound for how how loud your eye roll roll is or whatever you, yes. you did an eye roll at matt that's yeah. right that's you have right. some good eye rolls yourself yeah that's right yes um yeah i respect a good eye roll you know i, I love some good eye rolls but yes a sound oh man we got to get on that we got to get on that yeah. yeah. Come on, Bezos. Let's go. Yeah, seriously. Elon Musk, put your put your uh your insane fortune to good use. All right, let's move on quickly because I'm oh, about to start talking oh, about billionaires. Wait, wait. Move on very quickly. No, 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 no. I have a question for Ethan. I was thinking about this on my walk the other day. So you are a uh successful music person. Um and uh called a musician. <laughs> musician. <laughs> wait, it gets better. Oh god. <laughs> So I want to know, I want to know what your opinion is on student loans. And given the fact that you willingly went to school for all of these years, racked up the loans that you did to do something that you love, like, I'm legitimately wondering, like, what are your thoughts on, like, not just Biden, but anyone that could, you know, potentially waive student loan debt for people? Like, are you, I, I feel like you'd be for that. But at the same time, I feel like you're kind of, being a hypocrite because like you knowingly put yourself in that debt knowing that you probably weren't going to get a big payday out of it you know right sure uh so um well first of all toddy do you want to be here for this conversation oh yeah would you rather talk about fitness you're gonna stay okay Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm gonna try not to talk too long about this um (laughs) which famous last words i guess when it's me isn't it but um So totally a fair question. There's been lots of chatter about that in the last few years, rightfully so. Um, Here's the thing. It's not just me. It's it's the majority of people in our generation. But I want to know Um, you specifically. And I will talk about me specifically. I will. But there's some necessary background here. There's necessary background here. Our generation, our entire generation and the current young generation, by the way, Gen Z, has essentially been held hostage. Okay. We were taught for our entire childhoods. As are, as are the kids in Gen Z, that if you want to like achieve a lot in your life, if you want to have a successful career, a successful life, the best way to do that is through higher education, is through college, okay? And yet, we know that tuition has gone through the roof since like, I don't know, late 80s, early 90s. The percentage, I'd have to pull up the charts. I'm not going to take the time to do that right now. Maybe we can post a link in the, in the description or something. Uh, um, Twice the rate of inflation. Yeah, it's not it's it's not even close. Like the 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 rate at which tuition has increased 
is is far beyond anything else in society. Basically, what happened, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I can tell, colleges realized what they had on their hands in insane demand, and they realized that if they all just jack up their prices, nobody's going to have any choice, and they're just gonna they're just gonna make a ton of money. Then you also have your private loan companies and your government uh, people who are they're not going to try to stop it because they're getting massive paydays too, right? The government. They are treating our generation and our student loans as a huge profit center. Instead of taxing people like Bezos and Musk the way that they should be tasked, instead of erasing those fucking fortunes that should not exist, we are their profit centers, our generation. Okay? So the first the first thing is to say, Colin, that like our generation was fucked regardless. Um, obviously, there are lots of people who have gotten lucky, people who came out of wealth, people who um, managed to get like full scholarships where they went to school people who went to um, community college and then state school and were able to keep things, you know, cheap or whatever. And that's great. That's awesome. Wonderful. Um, In my particular case, um, I knew what I was getting into. I knew that I would just pay the minimum amount for the rest of my life, pretty much. I would pay the minimum amount every month for the rest of my life. Um, but I did also hope in the back of my mind that this country would eventually come to its senses and do something about this. We're talking about more than a trillion dollars. This is like a national crisis. We're talking about an entire generation of adults who are completely handicapped in what they can do. There are headlines out there talking about how millennials are, um, you know, they, they aren't buying homes the way previous generations are, but they're, they're buying homes together. Like, ooh, what an interesting new way of investing in a home. That's not what's fucking happening, but that's what, how the headlines will put it. People are doing that because they can't afford a home on their own, right? Like our entire generation has been completely handicapped and completely fucked. So yes, there should be some forgiveness. Um, I don't give a shit if it makes me a hypocrite. We're talking about, do you, can you imagine the benefits if you, if you all of a sudden free an entire generation to like start actually spending money where they live? to start buying homes, to spend, to spend at their local stores, at every, everything, their, their cafes, their music teachers, their grocery stores, their, their fucking restaurants, whatever. Okay. When people have more money, when the working class has more money, they spend it. It goes into the economy. Do you know what happens when, when, when rich people get more money? It sits in their fucking brokerage accounts. It doesn't do shit. It just, their, their, their numbers just balloon up and it doesn't do anything. They don't do shit. So yes, there should be forgiveness. Um, Especially because even if like mine didn't really get forgiven, um, there are also numbers about this out there. A large chunk, I want to say 40%, I think I've read, many, many, many borrowers who are like the most impacted by the student debt crisis are people of color. So this is also an issue of systemic racial issues, right? Um, so yeah, shit, it, it needs to be addressed. Um, Biden... You know, he made his promises and he's not following through on them. I'm not surprised. He's a corporate politician, just like the rest of them, except for Bernie. I think Bernie's probably the only one who would, who would have actually delivered on it. Maybe Elizabeth Warren. Um, of course, that's actually that if the Senate was the way the Senate is, then nobody would have delivered on it because Manchin and Cinema are enjoying their little spot in the limelight too much. Um, so, so if the Senate had been what it had been, then nothing would have gotten done regardless of who was president. Um, but yes. Even if even if I were to have to pay my loans for the rest of my life, I think there should be massive forgiveness for the majority of people. I think it would be huge, a huge positive for society. Um, and you tax the rich people, which is what we should have been doing all along, all along. And then you also have to make college like affordable again. It's it's absurd and it's not sustainable. When I was at my 
doctorate at, at Eastman. For those who don't know, um, I did my doctorate at like a really famous music school, right? And I was there from 2015 to 2018. So remember, it's all it's almost been four years since I was gone. When I was there, and the undergrad expected cost of a year was like $62,000, tuition plus room and board plus everything. And people are like sending their, thankfully it was not nearly that much for me, People, but people are sending their kids to these schools. Now it's one thing to do that to a music conservatory. That's pretty fucking dicey, but that's happening everywhere, right? And like, forget about the Ivies. They're, they're way higher than that. And you have people who are, who, what, Matt? They're not. They're not, they're not. they're not quite that high, but. I bet they are. I'm going to have to pull up the numbers. There's no way Eastman is more expensive than Harvard in terms of its overall expected cost. We'll have to pull up the numbers. Point being, point being, we're talking about 50, 60 grand on the reg for colleges these days. Um, when we were in undergrad, it was in the 40s. Not sustainable, morally disgusting, morally reprehensible. That's the thing that keeps getting lost in this conversation, I think. People talk about it like, oh, blah, 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 blah. This is what it is. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucking disgusting. It's immoral. It shouldn't, it should not be, it should not be in existence. It should not happen. Uh, like people should not have to go into an insane amount of debt to try and like further their lives. Forget about me. Forget about music. Talk about just Gen Z people. Okay. Take me out of the equation. I don't care. Like I said, I'll pay mine for the rest of my life, but it's, it's, it's morally, it's unacceptable. So I did hear that Biden was able to forgive student loans for anyone disabled. There was something small he did. Yeah, something something small, small. not huge, small in the grand scheme. But sure, I'm sure it it made a difference in some people's lives. And so that's great. But when you're talking about one point seven billion out of like two trillion, uh, we're talking about peanuts. So I'm not I'm not super impressed. I mean, it's good. It's better than it's better than literally nothing. So, but I'm not I'm not going to sit here throwing a party about it or getting all excited about it. No. Um, so anyways, um, that's, that's my take. You guys are free to disagree with me and, and, and completely and say whatever you want. But Ethan, I paid off my loan. Well, that's, so that's one of the Why classic arguments. I have to pay taxes to pay off your loans. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me, well, let me address this. Most people who, who make that argument are in our class. They are people in the working class. It's not their taxes or your taxes. If you are one of these people listening, it is not your taxes that would be paying for this, that would be paying for student loan forgiveness. Sorry, bud, but you don't make enough money. They aren't, the government ain't actually going to be fucking taxing you like that. You are not paying all of these huge costs that the Republicans scare you about. You're not the one paying for it. The rich people are the ones going to be paying for it. Now, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is the principle of it. And that I kind of get. Some people... um, but here, so here's the argument, right? So forget about the money aspect. The principle of it, the morality aspect of it is some people say, I had to do my loans, I paid my loans off, everybody else should have to. So there's two arguments. Number one, sure, you can say that and maybe that's valid. Number two, do some self-reflecting. Do you want to be the person in your life? Do you want to be a person who goes through something difficult and thinks that everybody else should have to go through something equally difficult just because, just because you did? Or do you think that maybe, maybe we should try to make life better and easier for people? So you have to decide for yourself which one you want to do. As far as I'm concerned, even if I had paid off all of my loans right now, and I've paid plenty over the last few years, um, but, and if I was to pay for the rest of my life, I would still say, who cares? Fucking forgive them. Like, I personally do not want to be this type of person who thinks that somebody else should have to go through something really shitty just because I did. To me, that's fucking stupid and, and not at all moral. 
Now, in America, where we value, you know, individualism and, and rugged individualism and personal choice and bootstraps, which is all a bunch of fucking bullshit, as we've talked about before, and I'm not going to get into that because that, that'll be another 20 minutes. Um, you have a lot of people who they do believe, I think, they do believe that just because they went through something difficult, everybody else should have to go through it, that it, you know, it builds character, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know what? It's 2022. Leave those arguments in the 1800s. Okay. We have the resources to make life really, really like so much better for everyone. And, and there's no excuse to not be doing it. So that's, that's my, that's my thought. Ethan's Politicast. Thank you. <laughs> well, okay. When I talk for like 10 minutes straight and then there's just silence, I mean, come on, you got to have something to say. So I, I, I in, in umbrella, agree with you, Ethan, but there are, okay. there are certain things I still will kind of push back on you. So do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Cause we should have other, you know, other perspectives here. So, uh, cost of attendance for a SUNY school is less than $10,000 in 2012. And what is it now for a year? I'm just saying in 2012 when we were in school. So yeah, you brought up the, the, the example of schools like you and I went to that were 40 mm-hmm. or 50,000 a year. Um, there are affordable options out there. That's not to say that there's, they shouldn't be more affordable. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that like they could be more affordable. I think they should be more affordable or free. Um, mm-hmm. But where I guess where, where I, where I, where I kind of get caught up is like, you know, I had it going and then maybe this is because I'm the spawn of two accountants, but like I had a plan going into college knowing that, all right, I'm going to take on this amount of debt. And I'm going to average with the career I'm going for this, this salary is when I graduate and therefore my debt's going to be manageable and I can pay that off in X amount of time after I graduate. Yeah. That is because you were spawned of two accountants because mm-hmm. imagine someone whose parents who like someone who had two parents who were just like working in a restaurant or something like that and didn't, they didn't grow up with the financial knowledge to put that in practice. Even though my parents were smart and tried to like instill that knowledge in me, I was still like, I'm going to Syracuse university. I don't care that it's over $50,000 a year. And that as a marketing professional, I was going to come out making $30,000 a year. I was like, I want to go there. So I'm going to like, also when you're 17, 18 years old or whenever it is that you make that decision, your brain is just not fully developed. And like most people are not able to take on, like understand the consequences of their actions at their, that age. But I feel like that's like, that's too easy and out for our, our generation. Like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Like a promissory note to promissory note. Like I, I knew that like, yes, Matt, I am Matt, your argument, your argument is valid. Toddy is just saying no, that no, and she, I agree with her. I mean, oh, okay. All right. I, I agree with her. Not everybody um, understood it as fully as you and was as thoughtful about it that, so, you know, but what, what you're saying of course is valid. But that that that's where I you know I just I wonder like I I I do get that there is such a there's such a push for everyone especially when you were in high school like you gotta go to college like and it felt like guidance counselors were judged on the percentage of their kids that went to college when uh, in all honesty there were either people who didn't need didn't need to go to college because they were it's not you know they should be headed for a trade or other end of the spectrum you know we had a couple kids in our graduating class that were like whiz kid computer programmers probably didn't need to touch anything a textbook at college they could just go go start coding 
you know, coding or doing, living their professional life and be wildly successful. So, yeah. um, but the extension, the extension of like what Ethan was saying is like, okay, uh, a, a college like RIT, for example, has co-ops with employers. And as part of your graduation, you need to complete X amount of co-ops with different employers in order to graduate. And so it's like almost saying like, and, and I'm talking about engineering specifically, like software engineering. And so they're basically telling you, like, you can't just come from high school and start working for X company. Like, you have to go to RIT. You have to pay whatever money RIT charges. You have to go through this co-op and get this degree in order to be a software engineer at whatever company. Like, that is what... That is what whatever the the loans or the government or whoever is like creating this this system, like that's part of it too. Is like these relationships that employers make to kind of like just like we talk about in sports, where like the owners and and the commissioner, like they're all trying to control the players in sports, and like everyone's if, trying to control the the poor if, people. Or, if you're talented enough, yeah. it doesn't matter. And, and I'll, I'll bring up well, sure, I have a fraternity sure. brother who who dropped out after a sophomore but what's, year. But what's the percentage of that? Yeah. Right. First, yeah, come on. First of all, yeah. but I'm saying so. I had a fraternity brother who dropped out after his sophomore year and, and got a job with Google because of how good a coder he was. Yeah. But so, that that's, that's an exception to the rule. Yeah. But I'm saying a co-op isn't a, re- a requirement for a job. A co-op I'm not, makes I'm it not a lot saying that. I'm job. saying as part of RIT's degree, engineering degree, it is a requirement. I, yeah. I partnered with them when I was working with a company in Syracuse, like they had to have X amount of co-ops in order to graduate. Yes. But also as a co-op, you get paid. I mean, I earned $22 an hour as a co-op. And I know. what I did. I put but, 85% of that towards my fucking student loans. So yeah. But um, think about, think about the grades that you needed to get into RIT. Like you, you know, you just don't, you just don't walk into RIT, you know, like, there's, it's, it's all set up to, I, and, and I get it. Like, I want people to work hard. I want them to earn things and whatever, but like, it just seems like it's set up to. Well, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not, I'm not questioning hard work or anything like that. I'm, and it, I'm also not, it, it's not like it's a co-ops on a racket, like student teaching are where it's, you're paying tuition and working for free. Like that's a fucking joke. Right. Um, <laughs> um, at least a co-op, like I didn't pay tuition. I paid 200 bucks to maintain my registration and got paid 20 bucks an hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I just, again, I feel like anyone going to RIT knowing I'm going to get an engineering degree knows that. All right. I'm at, back in our day. I'm going to expect to make $60,000 when I graduate. Um, and so that makes it easier to swallow Not, where I will. I'll, I'll, Ethan, I'll give this a different view than what you did because that that type of calculus and that type of decision making would not work for you. If you went and said, "I want to be a professional musician, and I need to go to one of these schools to achieve the you know the level that I want to achieve, whether it's the name on the degree or the teacher you're going to be working for or the exposure you're going to get for the the orchestra or auditions or whatever it is," you're never going to make that back, right? But yeah. my argument towards the um, the the forgiveness and where we need to figure out a way to take care of musicians or artists or like there's a societal value to that like like yeah you're not we're not either we reduce the cost of college or we figure out a way to help you guys out through that because um 
I don't know. There, there's, we want to encourage and value the development of our art and our culture. And uh, I mean, just think about it, like in terms of the, the WPA and the, and the depression, like, mm-hmm. yeah, the government spent a bunch of money for public murals and public works projects, but there's a value to that. There's a, there's, there's still statues you can walk by in Cleveland and look at the giant guardians of transportation, which are now the, you know, the namesake of the Cleveland baseball team that were built during the WPA in the 1920s, 30s and or 30s, 40s and 50s. You know, it like there's still my dad who had a WPA job in the late sixties or I guess early seventies. Like, um, you know, there's, there is value to that. And there is, you know, I think, Unfortunately, not everyone's going to realize that there's, that's something we want to invest in as a company and a, or as a country and as a culture. But um, I'd say it's important to encourage people to go into the arts. It's important. You know, and, and, and part of that should be making education more accessible and affordable. It should yeah. also be like if if we truly wanted everyone to enter college with the same plan that you did, where you knew, like you fully understood the weight of the loans that you had and like fully understood how much you were going to make coming out of college, we would teach things like that in school. And there's, there was nothing like that. We, where yeah. I we learned school. nothing in financially. Yeah. And supposedly very good. Yeah. For, no. So I, yeah. I agree. That wasn't covered, but I also laugh every time someone says high school should have taught us how to do taxes. Blah. Guess what? They did. We did do it in 12th grade with Mr. Burr and economics. It was part of the unit. We no did do taxes, like, like stuff like that. I laugh because we did do, we did go over that kind of stuff. People just either didn't care or don't remember. I but, think you had a good teacher. I think, but, yeah. I mean, so I don't, I don't remember that at all. So the problem, well, the problem with, is with that, Matt, I get your point. The problem with that though, is when are you going to actually start paying taxes? You're not going to remember what the fuck you learned in 12th grade by the time you have to start paying taxes on your own. That's was, the first piece. I was paying taxes in when I was fourteen. Oh, oh yeah, because you the did Wegmans. your Wegmans thing. All right, and and the farm and you thing. and you did it on your own. Your your parents weren't just doing that for you. Well, no, I, my dad helped me with a ten forty EZ, and there was no tax bracket. Okay, I was in the lowest. Uh huh. Now, my larger point, though, my larger point is that taxes are an easy one for people to latch onto when they're talking about that. But, but as far as I'm concerned, forget about taxes. There should be stuff taught just like for basic financial literacy. Like Matt and I have talked about this, just like knowing shit about like retirement accounts and investing and things like this. We learn nothing. Mm-hmm. So like for most of my adult life and and I think many, many people in our generation and most people in the working class in general, if they have any extra money, it's just sitting in some savings account. And chances are it's in like a big time Bank of America type savings account where the annual percentage yield is fucking garbage because people don't know because we are not taught this shit. Thank you for that, saving with us. Here's a nickel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the shit that should be taught. Taxes are easy enough to figure out. I think that's just easy for people to latch on to. That should not be used as the example, um, in my opinion. This, the, these larger aspects of financial literacy, um, we aren't taught anything. And, 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 and you talk about, like, how, how does the working class stay in the working class? Why is it so hard for poor people to not be poor anymore? That's part of the equation. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm a Bank of America. Well, you need to find a different person. bank, dude. Bank of America is garbage. Listen, yeah. first, well, off, well, first, off, first off, I already know all oh. this BS. I, oh, okay. I only use it for my checking and because there's a ton of branches around <laughs> and everything. I'm good. All right. <laughs> now, Ethan, we could we did also go in Mr. Burr's economics class about how savings interest rates are affected by 
uh, government T-bill rates and the interest rate the Fed sets and how that you know influences uh-huh. the amount Again, of available money. Yeah, and, okay. And let me ask um, you, Matt, how many people from our class from that year do you think really remember that? You do because you have your weird fucking steel trap or whatever of a memory, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, and I'm I know- concerned about how much you remember and how much Ethan and I don't, and you drink more than we do. What happened here? Exactly. That's what I'm saying, Toddy. Like, and I know my memory. We've, we've discussed this many times. We know my memory is only good for music and baseball, but still, I would be willing to bet that the vast majority of people who learned that shit in 12th grade don't remember a fucking lick of it. I have no idea what you're talking about. My, I remember my economics teacher saying just like this, Voodoo economics. That's, all I <laughs> That's, all. Like That's it. That's all I remember. That's all I remember him saying. I don't know what we learned in econ. Uh, amazing. I mean, I will tell you the one time I did a, co- a study in college that where like I spent like four hours in a MRI tube and they were imaging my brain, um, and I did like really really well on the IQ test I had to take before, and then after they were like. You have a really big brain. Can we use you in another study and your images in another study? Can you sign this? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. <laughs> so that big fucking head is uh, good for something. They, just, then. It's, they said I had it's a really the house big that brain. brain. I got it on a CD, actually. They gave me images of my brain on a CD. I'll have to wow. dig it out for a future podcast. All right. Very nice. On Burning that note, CDs. I'm going to let you guys talk baseball. Oh, yes. yeah. We still got to go there. Get out of here. Yeah. Good to see you, Daddy. See Bye. You. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye, Toddy. I'll send here. you your mug soon. Bring this chair back. <laughs> Thank you. Bring this to Tim. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, also, we well, don't well, have a ton of time for Hall of Fame at this point. To clarify, though, like I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you, Ethan, and I know I'm in a, I'm in a, oh, I know. I'm in a privileged situation. Um, but yeah, no, it's still good to get. Dude. It's still good to get. No, because I don't want. I want. You know, I don't want my perspective to be the only thing here. Like it's important, and and it's important to know that like there are people like you who were super super pragmatic about it, and it's important to know that I wasn't. But I did know what I was getting into, and like I said, if if the whole rest of the country got to get their loans forgiven and I had to pay mine for the rest of life, I'd be fine with that because it's like the right thing to do. It's it's, it's a moral thing for me. Um, let alone a, a basic economic thing that would be huge. But like, like you're the way your perspective, like absolutely needs to be said um, and is important. So also, I hope my sarcasm was dripping when I said about the thing about I paid mine off because. No, oh, I, it was very dripping. Yes, it was very. Okay. Your face alone was amazing. Yeah, your face. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So David Ortiz, newest member of the baseball hall of fame. What do you guys think? Takes. Fuck David Ortiz. So Kyle, well, you're the one who was all fired up. So why don't you get us started about this? What do you? Uh, no, well, I mean, I could rant forever, and if you guys want me to, that's fine. I guess this answers the question of what gets Colin fired up. <laughs> um, Finally, but I think like the most succinct way that I can put this is, baseball already has a problem, right? In being able to attract new fans. Okay. Us three right here, I would say for the most part, right, we are pretty big baseball fans. <laughs> and when when Major League Baseball does something like they did today, because I don't care if it's the Hall of Fame, if it's the writers, whatever, they're an extension of Major League Baseball. When they do something like this and they essentially keep out the two best players – pitcher position player that played 
for our generation, like when and we also were like kids, top ten of all time. Yeah, when you right. keep them out for whatever these fucking morality reasons or whatever it is, I don't care what the reason is. But when you do that, you are asking for the people who want to support you, who want to go to the Hall of Fame, who want to talk about baseball history, who want to have a podcast to talk about baseball, and you are making it very fucking difficult for them to be happy about baseball. Like, yes, that is that is just like the most succinct way I can put it. I am so disgusted. When I heard whatever the president's name say that there was only one person, I knew it was Ortiz. I didn't even have to listen to the rest of the announcement. I turned it off. Went on Twitter a little while later after I put Stella to bed. I saw it was Ortiz with like 11 plus votes. And I saw Clemens and Bonds were 10% and 9% away from meeting the threshold. And it is it is just unbelievable to me that a museum cannot have a plaque of Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds and potentially Alex Rodriguez in the future. And... Who knows? Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, uh, who also gone. fell off. Yeah, Sheffield. Um, all these people. And yet David Ortiz is a first ballot Hall of Famer, even though he was on one of the lists. And I don't care what you say about that list. I heard Bob Costa say a really uh, knowledgeable thing about that list that uh, we it shouldn't even have had the players' names on it because it was a volunteer survey just so that they could figure out if they needed to do testing or not based on the proposal with base, with Major League Baseball and the players' union. And I get that argument, but at the end of the day, Ortiz's name was on that list. So I don't care what your reasoning is. And the other thing that really, really grinds my gear and why I get so mad about this is because Bud fucking Selig is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And he oversaw yep. all of this. And you're going to say Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens can't get into the Hall of Fame. But I have to look at a fucking plaque of Bud Selig. The same dude 100%. who had a tie in the All-Star game. The same dude who was a lame-ass owner for the Milwaukee Brewers. The same dude who wants to be celebrated for interleague play and growing the game and getting steroids out of the out of the game is the same dude who wanted the game juiced up. In <laughs> the, the guy who allowed place. him in there in the first place, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's pathetic. That's probably actually, I'd say, one of your best arguments to me is <laughs> Bud's in there and they're not. <laughs> That 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 really strikes down a lot of arguments I may have against it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I obviously agree with everything you said, Kyle. And there's a lot to unpack here, and I don't know if we'll have time. Maybe we continue into it next week some more because there's so much to be said with the Hall of Fame, and we haven't actually talked about it on the pod really. And uh, but one thing that I would throw out there: so number one, buds in it, like you said, Kyle. There's what what bothers me. One of the things that bothers me so much about all of this is is the the cognitive dissonance, uh, the the inherent contradictions. Okay, so like you said, Bud is the huge one. He presided over the whole fucking thing. Uh, he allowed all of the steroids to take over the game, and then he didn't do shit to like fix things. He did not. He did not guide things well. It was already a huge issue by the time testing started. Like he he was fucking incompetent, um, and he's in the Hall of Fame, and and that's just insane. Like. The buck stops with him. He's the, he was the fucking commissioner. So we talk about the steroid era and, and, and how frustrated we are about it and how it affects baseball's image and baseball history, blah, 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 blah. The dude who literally runs the fucking sport, mm -hmm. who ran the sport for that whole era, is in the Hall of Fame. 
and yet the players aren't going to be. So that that on its own is insane. But then let's also talk about what you said, Kyle, about David Ortiz. He was on the Mitchell Report. Now, granted, yes, the Mitchell Report was like never supposed to be released, and it was leaked, and it wasn't when testing was like officially there, blah, blah, blah. But how do you how do you reconcile this? His name was actually on that list. Clemens and Bonds never failed a test. A-Rod, he served his time. He served yeah. a year-long suspension, okay? Ortiz never served anything, but he was on that fucking list. They all did it. They all did something. So you, they are drawing these really arbitrary and, and illogical lines. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. The only thing I can think of, really, is is when it comes down— Well, number one, people just don't think like this. They don't care if it's illogical. But I think also part of it, David Ortiz is big poppy, and he's beloved, and everybody loves him, and he's big and smiley and happy. Clemens, Bonds, and A-Rod are all, like, universally despised. Big Big Poppy is, is smiling and happy until he's getting shot in clubs in, in the Dominican. Like, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, but that's, you know, that's obviously a, a crazy I'm just saying, outlier like, of the story. Yeah, he, he had, he, he's not as innocent as people think his squeaky clean reputation is either. But yeah. well, I know, Matt, I know, I know what you're saying. I'm not, I'm not refuting what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, before, before you go, the two things I will add real quick are, and I know Ortiz probably had, well, and I don't even know. Two other beloved p- players, though, for two different cities are Ryan Howard and Don Mattingly. And both of them knew how to play defense. And both of them won MVPs. And both of them hit a lot of home runs. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mattingly would have had playoff moments if the Yankees had a competent enough organization then to get <laughs> into the playoffs because he did have a big playoff moment and when his back was totally wrecked. And, you know, Ryan Howard did and, and Ortiz did. So, I, like, I, I just don't. I just don't understand the love fest for Ortiz when all those other things. But I think like the the biggest he was a point transcendently I make... good hitter. His his hitting was was way above uh, Donnie and Ryan Howard. But oh, oh, I got to yeah. challenge but continue, you. Continue, continue. Ryan Howard knows how to play defense. And that too, I was going to say that too. But like, Kyle, finish your negative yeah. eighteen DWAR. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah, man. he he couldn't play defense. Yeah. yeah, and actually, Donnie wasn't as good as people thought either, which is sad. But anyways, now, continue. Now, Donnie was better than them, though. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. I think like my biggest point is I think a lot of people, even people who listen to this podcast, but in general might think it's really silly for like a random dude to be like, well, I'm, I don't know. This bothers me. Like maybe I don't love baseball as much anymore and everything. And I think like that for me is like, what is really scary about like what's happening with baseball right now. And like in the position where they are, where they're already, like I said earlier, they're struggling to acquire new fans they're struggling, they're struggling to acquire new general fans, but they're struggling to acquire fans who are going to have like the same deep blooded love for the game that we do. And like, I just think it's so dangerous when you turn off people because like you could think it's silly that like, I'm this upset about it, but like, I'm the one who can make Stella love baseball the way that I love baseball. And that makes baseball continue to thrive baseball. If they continue to do what they do, is going to end up like boxing or like horse racing or like hockey, yeah. like where nobody gives a shit about it. And like that, that for a me, small, is de- scary. small, but it's, devoted fan base. Sorry to everyone who likes hockey sad. out there. I don't <laughs> think boxing and horse racing are equivalents to hockey. Sorry, just saying that. I'm going to beat up if I let that go. <laughs> fans know how but, to fight. But they were, but they were big <laughs> sports. They were popular and, you know, they, they're just not anymore. And I get it. The world changes and there's more sports out there now and everything, but like, that's what really 
is sad. It's scary. It's like these us. These are the people us right here on this podcast that Major League Baseball should be concerned about, and yet they have this like big morality uh, march that they're they're they've been on for fifteen years now. That seems like it's never going to end, and it's like okay, well, you're just going to keep turning away people who love the game because you're going to try to make us feel like the people that we watched with our own two eyes didn't do anything to you know, be worthy of, of this museum where it's just, it's just a plaque. Yep. Like, ugh. Also one more shout out. Hockey is the one major sports league that is expanding right now. Just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> In Canada. Uh, In Seattle and Las Vegas, buddy. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Hilarious. Uh, there's one other thing I want to say really quickly about the hall because I, I'll be very curious if our if any of our listeners have any strong feelings on this. Um, so one of the other really frequent arguments about about the hall and about like you know not voting for steroid era people is uh, you know oh they cheated and they're they're a stain on the history of the game and baseball history is so glorious. Here's a newsflash for you: people have been cheating. Uh, forever always forever it was just different in different eras that's number one number two you want to start talking about like morality and good people um do you think like ty cobb and rogers hornsby were particularly good people no they were they were fucking assholes and you have assholes throughout baseball history you had tons back in the early 1900s and need i remind you uh baseball didn't segregate until 1947 and it took another uh, excuse me, desegregate. Uh, sorry, bad bad word slip up. <laughs> Baseball did not desegregate until 1947 and didn't finish, right? The last team to have a black baseball player was the Red Sox in like 1961 or something. It was 60, 61, 62, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, um, so you had people for decades in baseball who actively like did not want to have other people play the game. Right, you had actively truly racist people. It was also just part of the time period. We're talking about the first few decades of the 20th century. But this idea that baseball history is just full of these like golden boys, like Mickey Mantle or whatever. These these there's these narratives, and of course we know the Mick was not a great guy. Um, there's these narratives of like, oh, this small town farm kid who just worked really really hard and has you know he has amazing back muscles and he's so strong and can run really <laughs> fast. I'm thinking of that famous Lou Gehrig picture, um, and like there's these narratives, and it's like, dude. Uh, we're talking about white men in America in the early 20th century. Think about white men now, okay? Things have come a long way, but, like, <laughs> it's still pretty bad. Do you really think that, like, the majority of these people in the 1910s and 20s and 30s and 40s were, like, paragons of, of, of goodness? Like, no, no. Like, there have always been shitty people. So throw your morality argument out the window. We're talking about baseball. We're talking about the ability of the game. There's always been shitty people. There's always been cheating. You got to get rid of those arguments, but people won't. Well, I mean, it makes me interested to see in uh, 15 or 20 years, do uh, Carlos Correa and Altuve have hordes of voters? Verlander. Verlander, hordes of voters not abstaining because they cheated. Yeah. Because that, to me, is a hypocritical hypocritical argument. And their cheating was egregious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, just as much as steroids in its own way. Those well, same writers are going to be like, oh, they served their time, even though they didn't serve any time in suspension. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, they served the public, you know, the, well, okay, the yeah, yeah, Rewind, rewind even closer. Beltran. Yeah. If, is Bel- if, if Beltran gets elected, which I think he will. He should. He was an incredible player. Yeah. Then, then to me, that torpedoes any argument that writers or like myself would have. Like if I'm going to support Beltran, which I think he should get in, then how can I make it a more argument that 
that Clemens and like I, I mean honestly, Colin, and, and I know I'm a stick in the mud with you guys about this all the time, but I thought they'd get in. I did. You did? Yeah. Okay, I didn't think they would. I thought they'd get in. I think this is like their punishment is they they got their ten years on the ballot, they didn't get in, and the veterans committee will put them in someday. It's just a matter yeah. of when it is. Um, See, I I worried like they're supposed to be on a ballot in December. I heard um, this coming December. And I worry that it's going to be like, it's the young, it's, it's, it's us and younger people who are like, eh, we, we don't care. But I feel like those committees are usually older people. And I feel like they're going to be even more harsh. Like that's what I worry about. That, yeah. that could be, that could be, that's true. David yeah. Ortiz only had 55 career war, by the way. Just saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause his he's, defense he's was so joke. garbage, I know, but, but he, joke. but he was a transcendently good hitter and he yeah. had a lot of really big famous moments in the playoffs. That's enough. That's enough to sway, you know, most voters. He's a joke. <laughs> Such a clown. Well. So uh also Brian Colin, uh, just going back to Ryan Howard, he only had fourteen career war, so uh, he was really good for a couple of years there. Yeah, or a really good hitter. Philly, he, was, he was a really good, oh, yes, he was really yes. good hitter. Um He's beloved in Philly. Yeah. Don't doubt that. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not. That, well, there's, not. there's more, um, you know, probably not tonight, but there would be, it would be interesting to maybe, uh, unpack more about the hall next time. Cause I, I do think that there's, uh, there's more to be said on hall of fame voting in general and, and standards and, and, you know, the opinions that people have about what, what should the hall of fame be basically. Can um, one of you look up really quickly? Maybe this will be our last thing. What did, what did, uh, let's take bonds. Cause he's probably the, closer comp to a rod what did bonds get on his first ballot i think a rod ended up with like 34 percent just under 35 bonds. is that is that secretly why you're so mad oh no i mean i i think a rod will get in eventually barry bonds first ballot hall of fame vote percentage let's see uh, about thirty six, thirty seven. Mm, okay, so he's about the yeah, same. about the same. That's super interesting. I wouldn't have expected that because that was in twenty thirteen. Matt, are you seeing that? It looks like Clemens got thirty seven point six and Bonds got thirty six point two. I, I didn't. I'm only seeing this year's stats, which actually uh, Schilling dropped down to fifty eight percent. Well, yeah. he wanted to. He wrote a letter to the voters telling them not to vote for him. Yeah, so, but I think Viscell dropped down to like thirty something percent or twenty something. Yeah, he percent. had a huge drop, but he, you know, he's had some well publicized off the field issues, which that would actually be something not today. But we could talk about that when I'm, you know, we're talking about like the morality clause and everything like this. Maybe there, maybe there should be some lines. Maybe that is the line, you know. Um, but that's that's something for next time, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I mean, I think A Rod will get in at some point, but again, I. I did think for the longest time that Bonds and Clemens would eventually get in. And yeah, here we are. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Super sad. Uh huh. Super sad. Yep. Well, Matt, you got um, something? On that note. On that note, super sad. Tortellini for the win. Tortellini for the win. Absolutely. Matt and two, I both had Tortellini tonight. Two out of three. Ain't bad. R.I.P. Podcasters. Or on the team Tortellini. Oh, R.I.P. Meatloaf. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't make that's me one get of his, started on that, That's one of too. his songs. Oh, is it right? Is that right? Bed. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. In bed. Yeah. Okay. 
That's I fine. thought it, I thought it was like Team Tortellini or something. It was a meatloaf song. <laughs> oh. Probably probably wouldn't have been surprising if it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. We'll see you after Costa Rica. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>